while the servers are collecting the cups, I would suggest for those of you that have your Bibles with you that you turn to Matthew chapter 6, or, and then put your finger in it and close your Bible, and we are going to try reciting the Lord's Prayer together, and I'm not sure that I totally remember it, the old, uh, the old King James Version English, but let's try it. Many of us uh, had to say that prayer in, in public school. I didn't have to say it that much because that kind of went out um, about the time that I was a little kid, and then I remember it probably better in Dutch than I do in English, but let's try it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What does it mean when we say, hallowed be your name? What does that really mean? In the Old Testament, people were really concerned with the meaning of a name, and uh, now we're not quite sure about it. And, and um, you know, we give our kids names that sound kind of neat, but we don't really look that much at meanings and we're more concerned with the impression we make than with meanings. I learned something about Iceland a while ago. Uh, the country of Iceland, the government is concerned about protecting the language and heritage, so non-Icelandic names are not allowed. The government, uh, publishes, the government publishes a list of approved names each year, and parents must choose their names from that list. Uh, in Quebec... In 1981, the laws changed in Quebec, and a bride in Quebec is not allowed to change her name to her husband's name. She has to maintain her maiden name. However, should she choose to change her name, she can go through the Change of Name Act and get it officially changed, but marriage is not considered a valid reason to change your name. Go figure. It's important to get a name right. You need to know how to spell it. You need to know how to pronounce it. And if you get someone's name wrong, it says you don't care much about that person. Now, how often has this happened to you? You've been introduced to someone, or you introduce yourself to someone, and two minutes later you ask yourself the question, what was their name? Why do we do that? Because we're more concerned that they get our name right than, what, than uh, that we get their name right. And, and I've done it. You know, I've been introduced to someone, Bob, Jane, Joe, Pete, like I don't know. And the only way I can remember some names is like um, I have a friend whose name is Eileen, just like Eileen Roswell. And the only way I can remember that lady's name is, is to remember that she can't keep her balance. Eileen. Uh, Sorry. Uh, a person's name is synonymous with his or her personality. When we honor someone's name, we honor that person. When we dishonor a name, we dishonor 
that person. And so the reality is that we as God's children must honor God's name. If we are going to be God's children, we need to honor God's name. And there's two ways we can do that, by our attitudes and by our actions. So let's take a look, first of all, how we honor God's name with the right attitude. Prayer needs to begin with worship. The words, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, starts with worship. Worship is an integral part of any prayer. We need to recognize whom we are addressing, who God is. This prayer is a pattern. It is not a prescription. So our personal prayer needs to begin with worship. And it is fitting that we should give glory to God before we expect to receive mercy and grace from him. Way too often, our prayers consist of a list of requests and demands rather than worship. Or if we do worship, the worship often is a minor nuisance that we need to get out of the way so we can get to the really important part, which is telling God what we need him to do for us. Worship involves using our mind. If we are to worship God, we ought to know why and how we should worship him. And it involves a little bit of work on our part. It involves getting to know about God so that you can worship him rightfully, truthfully, honestly, and worthily. It involves getting to know some big $20 words, words like omniscience. Omni means all. Science is knowledge, so God is all-knowing. He is omniscient. You can praise him for that. Praise you, God. I worship you because you are omniscient. You know everything. Words like omnipresent. God is everywhere present, the same, uh, the same place, the same way. And so thank you, Lord, that whether I'm in my bed at home or whether I'm dangling from a roof or whether I'm falling off my roof. I went to go up on the roof here yesterday. I was going to clear out the eaves troughs, and I climbed up on the ladder, and I looked at that roof, and I said, no. So I called Doug Croker, and he did it. But God is everywhere present. When I went to Israel, the people, the guide in Israel said to me, you know, you can talk to God from anywhere in the world, but in Israel it's a local call. Bunk. Okay, God is everywhere present all at the same time. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. Omni, uh, everywhere. Potent is powerful. Okay, God is all-powerful. God is immutable. He's changeless. We need to know some of these concepts if we're going to worship him. God is holy. He is just. We need to know about his righteousness, about his mercy, about his grace, about his benevolence, about his judgment. And it's been said that many modern Christians find it difficult to delight in the privilege of, dress, of addressing the sovereign of the universe as father because they have lost the heritage that emphasizes God's transcendence. There are two mistakes that we can make when it comes to God Almighty. We can say that God is transcendent, that he is high and lifted up, that he is almighty, he is over all, and, and we think, well, you know, God's up there, I'm down here, like, like we really can't relate to each other. So that's transcendence. But the other side of that coin or the other side of that balance beam is a concept called immanence. Imma, 
to be close to. And so we have the word of our church, Emma, Emmanuel. Emma means to be close to. Nu is us. El is God. God with us. And so we treat God like he's one of us, and that's, that's the other side. And somewhere along the line, God is both. He is imminent, and God is also transcendent. But we need to put those concepts together. If we're going to worship God properly, we need to know the meaning of the word hallowed. What does that mean? We never use that word. And it doesn't mean to make his name or himself holy because he is already is that. But hallowed is a verbal form of holy. Holy is, is, is describing someone, but to hallow is also means to sanctify or to set apart. And so then to pray, hallowed be your name, means this, that, God's, that God will be treated as holy, that his name should not be despised by my thoughts and my conduct and, the, and those others who have been created in his image. It is to pray that he, excuse me, it is to pray and to desire that he and his name will be magnified, will be lifted up by my words and by my works, by the things that I say, excuse me, and by the things that I do. That God's name will be considered holy. And it's also a prayer that God will also glorify his own name by being true to all that he has revealed about himself in his word and in his son and through his spirit. And so we need to have, if we are going to hallow God's name, we need to have the right attitude. And some of that involves a little bit of grunt work on our part trying to understand who God is. You see, sometimes we get this concept, well, prayer is something that anyone can do. Yes, it is. But it also helps to get to know someone. If I need, if I want, you know, the, for four years, Kathy and I dated. And, and during those four years, we got to know each other. We wrote tons of letters. We talked lots. And that was 44 years ago. We've been married for 44 years, and I still don't know that little woman. And, and she looks at me sometimes, and she says, who are you? And it's true, and it's something that we have to work at to get to know and to understand each other. And it's the same with our relationship with God. God knows us intimately through and through better than we know ourselves, but we have to work at learning to know God so that we can properly understand and honor him. But we also need to honor God's name with the right actions. And some of that, like I said, it's involved in knowing, and it's also by studying his name. Note again that God's, or that a name is synonymous with a person's personality. When we study God's name, we study God's person, who he is. And if you fail to take careful note of a name and making the effort to get it right, you have a selfish attitude and a lack of concern for others. There's a group of indigenous people on the West Coast whose name is, we will say it probably, Kwakiutl. Um, they say it, I, I looked it up. They say it's something like Kwagulth. I'm not sure, I don't even know how to say it. 
But there was a lady who visited them many, many years ago, and she couldn't say the name and didn't want to bother to get it just right, so she said, I'm just going to call you Quackadoodles. What's that saying? What's that saying? I can't be bothered to get it right because you're not that important to me. See, when we get it right, then we start to understand who that person is. I had to, um, when, when we came to Canada, we had to change some names because people didn't like our, our Dutchness. One of my friends, his name, it was spelled S-A-P-E, and his name is Sapa. And, and when he came to Canada, he was my hunting partner for, for many years. And when he came to Canada, people asked him, what is your name? And he said, Sapa. And they said, well, we can't say that. We'll just call you John. Uh, and so he became John. But when you, if you care about a person, you get that person's name right. Shot my name. Well, that's my name? Not really. Uh, that's what you call me. Here's my name. It's spelled differently. I changed it. I simplified it when we came to Canada or when I became a Canadian citizen. I simplified it. And hit the next one, Kurt. My name is not, and hit it again. My name is not William. It is not Wilhelm. My name is Willem. My middle name is Ari. It means lion. William, Willem means strong protector. Ari, and then Kamais is how you say my last name, and I honestly don't have a clue how to say it in Canada here. And Kathy said if we ever move someplace else, it's going to be Kamis, that's what because that's what everybody calls us anyway. And in Holland, they called me Wimmy or Wim. That's my name. My name is not Bill, but I go by it. But if you're going to know someone, you need to know that person's name. If you're going to honor that person, you need to know the, their names. Let's run that video, Kurt. Kill these lights up here, please. Need sound, Rich.
Jesus is the creator, which he is. Scripture tells us that. Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God, Elohim, it's a masculine plural noun, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And Elohim said, let us make man in our image. That's Jesus speaking there. Those are his names. If you know someone's name, you know his character. And so how do we hallow his name? By not taking it in vain. Exodus chapter 20 verse 7. It's one of the Ten Commandments. It says, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. And we probably know better than to use the name of Jesus or use the name of God in a curse. But we often use those names in interjections or euphemisms. We use words like gee or gee whiz or good golly or gosh or gosh darn or good grief or good heavens or I hear it everywhere else now is oh my God. What does that mean? To hallow God's name means to set it apart. It means to use it correctly. It means to give praise, honor, and credit where it is due. There is no such thing as good luck. It's not good luck. It's not my good luck. It's my good God who looks after me. In Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 11, Malachi accuses people of misusing God's name by cheating him with cheap sacrifices. God says, My name will be great among the nations from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. The El Shaddai. So you and I carry the name of God wherever we go and on whatever we do. We're like a Mountie who never takes off his uniform, who always represents 
the service for which he works or she works. There's never a time for us when you and I are off duty. We hallow God's name by singing it. Many new and old songs are characterized by glorifying the names and praising the names of God. We sang one this morning, be unto your name. I lift your name, the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be his name, glory to his name. O for a thousand tongues to sing, ye servant of God. To hallow God's name is merely, or is a whole lot more than merely saying the words, hallowed be your name in prayer. If we are going to say them, and we should say them, we should also be willing to fulfill them. When you and I honor God, it not only pleases Him, but it is good for us and for our lives. Just think of it. If everyone hallowed and honored the name of God in our community, what would this place be like? What would it be like if everyone in Nippon hallowed the name of God, honored it? What would the conversations and actions be like in the places where you work, in your school or in your recreation or in the restaurants or wherever you travel? And so my challenge to you is, and I'm going to give you something to take away from here. You've got homework now. And here's your homework assignment. What will you think about and do to hallow God's name this week? What will you need to drop and what will you need to add? Take this thought with you. You are an ambassador of the Lord God Almighty, the El Shaddai. You are an ambassador of the Lord God Almighty, and you represent him to everyone with whom you come in contact this coming week. So what do you need to change? What do you need to drop? What do you need to act? And what will you think and do this week that will show that you honor and hallow the name of the Lord our God. Father, we're so grateful that we can be a part of your family. And we're grateful that we can carry your name around with us, but Lord, very often we kind of make a mess of it. And so I pray that you would grant us wisdom and courage this week, insight into our own lives, that we would hallow your name honor it in the things we do, in our attitudes, and in our actions. Grant us your grace and your peace, we pray in Jesus' name. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all.